Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Your Excellency, uh, dear students, colleagues, and friends, it is a great pleasure to welcome you to this public lecture organized by the Hellenic Observatory in collaboration with LSE London, uh, here at LSE, on local governance responses to the Greek crisis lessons from Thessaloniki. Uh, for me, this is a, a very special occasion, I have to say, as I, as I come from uh, Thessaloniki, and I'm very happy and indeed very proud uh, that today we have the opportunity to host uh, here the mayor of uh, the city of Thessaloniki, Mr. Yannis Boutaris, to deliver uh, today's lecture. Mr. Yannis Boutaris is, uh, I would say, an unusual, uh, uncharacteristic uh, figure in Greek uh, politics. He's a nonpartisan uh, figure who managed to get behind uh, uh, the big part of the traditionally quite conservative uh, society of uh, Thessaloniki. Um, from the late 60s, since he, since he completed his studies, uh, first in chemistry at the University of Thessaloniki and then in enology at the Wine Institute of Athens, he has been working and directing his family business, uh, one of the main wineries in Greece. He's a very successful businessman and he comes into politics uh, uh, after a career uh, in business, but he, at the same time he has been uh, very much involved in city issues and in citizenship initiatives, uh, environmental initiatives initiatives uh, and, and so forth. Uh, and through that, uh, in 2002, he uh, participated in the local elections, and again in 2002 and in 2006, he was elected municipal councillor uh, of Thessaloniki, uh, while in 2010, uh, he successfully led the uh, uh, initiative for Thessaloniki uh, to win the uh, uh, local elections uh, in the city, and he became mayor, uh, a success which he repeated again this year. Uh, he became mayor uh, for the second term, starting his term in September uh, this year. As a mayor, Mr. Boutaris has shown great leadership and he's taken significant initiatives for the city. Uh, and I think above all, he uh, helped develop and articulate a vision uh, for the city that the city, I think, was lacking uh, for, for many decades. Uh, Mr. Boutaris' agenda is a progressive one, uh, but uh, also one that does not fit into all distinctions of left-right uh, left politics. And perhaps I think for this reason he has uh, occasionally alienated uh, people both both from the left and the right uh, in the city and beyond. Uh, his vision and his action on Thessaloniki is one of a, of a modern European city uh, and above all uh, an inclusive city, a city that is open uh, to people from all persuasions and ethnic origins, uh, a, a city where people can have uninterrupted access to the different amenities, the historical, cultural and physical amenities that the city has uh, to offer. From early on in his uh, mayorship, Mr. Butari sought to take advice, to open up and draw lessons from uh, other successful examples of governance from across uh, from local governance from across uh, Europe um, and he pursued an active outward looking strategy uh, of uh, there is a diplomacy, city to city and city to state uh, diplomacy. Uh, and as an example uh, to that, under his mayorship, there have been agreements with Turkey and Israel uh, which have uh, contributed to a substantial rise in cultural and religious tourism um, uh, towards Thessaloniki, which gave a very important boost to the economy, a small but important boost to the economy uh, under the, the current crisis uh, in Greece. Uh, 
His Majesty has attracted uh, an unusual amount of attention and publicity for the Greek uh, mayor and much praise, I, I would say, from both media and also international uh, organizations. Uh, under His Majesty, Thessaloniki has been described reportedly by European Commission official in Athens, officials in Athens, um, let me get it right, as a beacon of hope for Greece. And the Guardian and Huffington Post have uh, run articles describing His Majesty uh, as uh, Greece's vision of hope and a glimmer of hope for the Hellenic nation. A lot of hope, especially at periods of, of crisis and decline. In September this year, he was shortlisted for the prestigious award of Mayor of the Year, an award which is awarded by the City Mayors Foundation, an international award, and we are expecting the results and very much hope um, that he will be successful uh, in early 2015. Um, before inviting Mr. Butaris to, to give his talk, I would like to conclude with some, some uh, a personal uh, note. Uh, I came to the UK many, many years ago, but when I came to the Hellenic Observatory um, some 10 years ago, I was struck by how much uh, the things that we were doing, both at the HO and more widely at LSE, were focused so much on uh, the things in relation to Greece, were focused so much on Athens, our events, the, the speakers we had, the, the meetings, our attention was very much centered uh, around uh, Athens. And when I tried to, to understand that and question that, uh, the response I got, and perhaps for very good uh, reasons, was that, that Thessaloniki is this irrelevant, unconsequential uh, place, um, a middle-sized, essentially provincial city of little economic, financial, and political uh, power, and also of, uh, of significance, not the place where, where things happened, both in Greece and in, in the Balkans. And this was quite interesting, because it contrasted very much with the, the self-image that Thessaloniki had, the Thessaloniki that I left in the 90s, uh, as the, the co-capital of, of Greece, this peculiar uh, status, but also for many years in the 90s, especially as the self-proclaimed metropolis of the Balkans. Um, and indeed, despite this centrality of Thessaloniki for, for the Balkans and its historical position, um, Thessaloniki was, for many practical purposes, really inconsequential and uh, non-influential. The city actually had no flight connection with any uh, capital city in the Balkans. It would take you more than 10 hours to take the train from Thessaloniki uh, to find yourself in Sofia, in Bulgaria, uh, and with very little tourism, very little interaction other than the economic migration coming from the transition uh, Balkans uh, at the time. If anything, then Thessaloniki was becoming more and more uh, relevant, uh, as hundreds of businesses every year were leaving Thessaloniki and its uh, uh, broader area to move to the cheaper, more cost-effective, cost-competitive uh, uh, Balkans. And the city was becoming more introvert, partly in relation also to developments uh, in relation to the, the, the dispute about the constitutional name of the former Yugoslav Republic uh, of Macedonia. So, as a Thessaloniki-born person, it is really a great pride and pleasure for me to see that Thessaloniki is not anymore in that kind of introvert and esoteric place. It has gone a long way, and I think it is becoming more and more relevant, both for Greece and also for the Balkans. It is becoming what has been described a beacon of hope, and if not that, at least it is becoming an example, an example of modernization, an example of, of, 
uh, effective local governance that other cities in Greece uh, can follow, but also other cities uh, outside Greece are looking uh, to. And this, I believe, is not an accident. It, it is very much uh, something that should be credited to, to the mayor of the city of Thessaloniki, Mr. Yanis Boutaris. So without further ado, please join me in welcoming the mayor, Mr. Yanis Boutaris. Good afternoon. Thank you very much, Vasily. Uh, before uh, getting to my subject, I have to say to you that I spoke today afternoon with my son, my elder son, uh, who is a graduate from LSE. So I got uh, an affiliation with LSE. Then I have to say thank you to Mr. Kostas Gramenos, who is the president of the first uh, English-speaking university in Greece, the International University of Saloniki. So thank you. Gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, I'm honored to be at the LSE. I'm honored to, I'm honored to be among many promising young people and distinguished, distinguished academics. Let me state briefly what I have done as mayor of Saloniki and what I believe the Greek state should have done the last years. As you all know, Greece is going through an excruciating financial crisis. Under these conditions, it is obvious that there is a shortage of money and in addition, in our country, there is an obvious lack of common sense combined with a remarkable state rigidity. That means that if someone wants to get things done, he has to be very flexible and innovative. We spent some time in advance to our election thinking on the comparative advantages of our city. Thessaloniki, apart from being a beautiful city of almost one million, built along the sea and surrounded by pine forest, it has a great history. This is a history that was never really highlighted in all its aspects. Reasons of honesty combined with the city's unique multicultural heritage led us to talk extensively about its people and their amazing past. Until the Second World War, Thessaloniki hosted one of the most vibrant and lively Jewish communities in Europe. Instead of hiding this, as it was done in the past, we underlined its presence, its presence and its valuable contribution to our identity. We apologized on behalf, of, on behalf of the city and its previous administrations for not doing this earlier. The almost complete eradication of the city's Jewish heritage has deprived Thessaloniki of its soul, of the most progressive and productive part of its middle class. It would have been certainly a much better city if it wasn't because of the German fascist brutality which caused the Holocaust. Similarly, we accepted the Ottoman past of the city, for which we dare to say that we are not ashamed of. We are definitely the first administration not seeing it in a hostile manner. In addition, we stress the fact that in our city lived since his childhood Kemal Ataturk. He is, as you know probably, the most prominent figure and founder of the modern Turkish Republic. And we are lucky to host his house in the Saloniki, which turned out to be a good museum now. We combined our above-mentioned initiatives with an active diplomacy of the cities, bypassing state rigidity and managing to attract thousands of uh, visitors from all neighboring states. Apart from Turkey and Israel, we also stressed our city's special bond with the Slavic countries. Cyril and Methodius, these two the founders of the Cyrillic alphabet, were both from Thessaloniki. To highlight this, we dedicated 2013 to these prominent figures of Christianity, 
inviting Slavs and others to participate in the events we organized. 2013 was the year, was the, the, the anniversary of 1,150 years since they started from Saloniki all the tour to the Slavic countries. Uh, the opening up of the city was not yet completed when we made it more hospitable and attractive to a large number of foreigners. We also made it more tolerant to difference, be it a different ethnic, religious, or sexual preferences. We opened existing mosques and other suitable places for prayer, and we hosted several events marking the city's new view on tolerance. And this applies both for the visitors as well as for its permanent residents. We collaborate on a daily basis with the minorities of the city. In addition, we welcomed and we actively assisted the initiatives of Thessaloniki's gay community to organize events like the Gay Pride. I wonder if the Greek state could have been equally bold to initiate a widespread policy of friendship to its neighboring nations. This could have resulted not only to more income coming from potential visitors, it could have also reduced the levels of xenophobia as well as Greece's military expenses. Despite the crisis, they still fare as among the highest in the world. In a shared deviation from what was happening in the past, fiscal discipline is one of the main objectives of our administration. Yet, we do not set this as a goal because of stringent rules forced from abroad. For us, it's a matter of principle to run our budget with a surplus, not because other people say so, but because our principle is to spend only what we have. Without external pressure, we set a blueprint guiding us on how to cut expenses. Accordingly, we chose the sectors on which we can attract more funding and on which we can increase our spending in order to try and preserve social cohesion. Among the organizations that help us, our efforts were the Niarchus Foundation, Soros Foundation, Lazis Foundation, Bodosakis Foundation, Coca-Cola, and others. Contrary to this, the Greek state has no real alternative to the proposals coming from the Troika on how to generate growth and reduce expenses. The latter, instead of pushing for a more productive and healthy economy, they proved deficient. The Troika still seems to know the reality of Greece as much as most of the tourists visiting the Acropolis. How else can someone explain the fact that Greece's economy has collapsed during the last five years by losing one-third of its gross national product? This is why the Troika's estimations of the Greek economy proved wrong almost every trimester since they came to salvage the country. And on administrational issues, we initiated a deep structural change with again, which again had to follow common sense. We renounced a number of administrational departments and appointed two general managers. By the way, the Greek state is still blocking the appointment of a third manager who would help us on financial issues. One did not to be a genius in order to realize that these major differences between Greece and the rest of the developed world is the, is the lack of a reliable bureaucratic state mechanism. The basic Weberian rules about the process of recruiting, organizing, and running an efficient bureaucracy were applied in the rest of other Western world many decades ago. Yet in Greece, we are still hesitant to liberate the administration from the rule of the politicians. In our municipality, we try to separate the political from the administrative functions as much as we could possibly do. It is not easy since, since we are all embedded in a culture which resists the separation between politics and administration. In the Greek state as a whole, this is the most important reform which is desperately needed. Unfortunately, in reality, it has not yet 
addressed uh, much. The current system of a strikingly unreliable administration tends to reproduce itself. And this is clearly the responsibility of both the Greek government as well as of the European Union since it has not touched upon this during the last 34 years. The five-year-old kid is more or less familiar with the inefficiency of the Greek state. It appears that the European Union, despite managing funds, resources and loans given to Greece during the last decades, it had never realized the situation. This is hard for me to believe unless Tsipras' book on the omnipresence of stupidity is more accurate than I previously thought. I dare to say that reforms and changes are not enough in the case of the Greek state. We need to revamp the state and its mentality almost from scratch. A new political culture needs to emerge in order to host a genuine separation of powers within the state. Like this, a real change of attitude of the Greek public institutions can gradually reveal itself. The experience we accumulated during the previous electoral term suggests that extensive structural changes need to take place in both the state and the local administration. This is if the latter is ever going to function decently in the coming years. While we acknowledge the overall positive direction of the recent reforms on local administration, named Kapodistia and Nikalikratis, out of 10,000 uh, municipalities, we are now to 350, there is still a lot to be done. Legislations dealing with the central government and the local administration need to be harmonized. There are currently different systems to recruit directors. On the, on the public administration and the local governments. Also, legislation needs to accommodate better the different needs of urban and countryside environments of smaller and larger cities. The problem is that in Greece, local administration is neither local nor a real administration. In other words, mayors have either limited or non-existent abilities to raise funds and to manage the affairs of their own cities, which is the most important. While the average European Union country spends in its local administration more than 10% of its gross national product, in Greece the equivalent amounts in lower than 4%. Despite the declarations of the central government, all municipal authorities remain hostage to the state. The current institutional framework under which we operate is excessively centralist and any effort of decentralization has proved to be inefficient. We are still unable to cooperate effectively with the private sector and increase our productivity. The current system has obliged us to work under excessively bureaucratic rules. As an inexplicable web of laws determines the framework within which we are forced to operate. The state needs to stop being hostile to the citizens because the state is hostile to the citizens in Greece. The central government needs to stop having a dominant rule on clearly local affairs. We do not possess adequate resources. We are never assigned the necessary responsibilities in order to have a grip on the planning of our cities and manage the resources. We are therefore asking the government to stop fooling us and proceed immediately to some common, common sense, sense action. We need to be able to attract European Union funds directly from European institutions and not via ministries or state organizations. We need a transparent and functional institutional framework which will enable local administration to collaborate efficiently with the private sector. We ask for the ability to operate one-stop shops facilitating the creation of business within our municipalities. 
Currently, we are unable to steer the local economy and assist business to create new jobs. We are expecting the state to drastically reduce its role on issues related to our city's basic infrastructure. We are unable to decide on the important for our city's projects. We need the liberty to exercise our role to design and operate autonomously. The ministries and the central government have to lose the grip on local affairs. The overlapping of state control mechanisms and our policies is preposterous. The Greek state needs to replace the current system and perform simple checks on municipal expenses. I'll just say intermission. Uh, in order to understand what I'm saying is that when the mayor wants to go down to Athens, he has to uh, approve the expenses through the municipality, municipality council. Now, municipality council, we have every 15 days. If today the minister gives me an appointment in the next three days, I go on my own expenses to Athens. And you understand this is totally uh, unthinkable. The Greek state needs to replace the current system and perform simple checks on municipal expenses. This will radically simplify, simplify control procedures and reduce bureaucracy. In addition, we own the municipal offices which issue state documents to the citizens to expand the spectrum, the spectrum of the service in order to simplify bureaucratic procedures. Moreover, bureaucracy could be diminished even further if the law was to allow the decentralization of municipal services. Like this, many more services could be offered by local municipality communities. We appointed a deputy mayor in order to facilitate his citizens' initiatives. This is because we believe that the cities could strengthen their role, could strengthen their role by instigating civil society to participate in local affairs. As I many times say, this is uh, the last Soviet-type society, not economy. We expect everything to be done by the state. To this end, the relevant law has to be finally ratified in order to allow local plebiscites. Last but not least, municipalities desperately need to have the ability to raise certain taxes, for example, a property tax. This is essential if mayors are to be able to design and implement local policies, policies related to the city's urbanization as well as the development of local economies. This could, could prove to be crucial for Greece's sustainable growth in the future. All these needed reforms suggest the Greek governments have not done the jobs properly. I believe that this is mainly because of concrete political reasons. They do not want a strong and reliable local administration. All the above are structural reforms that are long due, reforms that the Greek state should have promoted without the intervention of the Troika. Can you believe it that the Greek state is still due to assign job descriptions and a set of concrete goals to its employees? As a result, there is only one nominal and not real evaluation of the human resources of the public sector. In our municipality, our effort in order to overcome this problem was to ask for external help from the European Commission's task force. This was our own initiative since we aspire to become a municipal model which can later set the example to the rest of the cities. We aspire to set an example of how to structure a better organization, chart, and manage city staff more efficiently. Greece is currently going through a crucial phase. After the biggest recession ever experienced by developed countries in the post-war period, people are in despair. I anticipate that we are soon going to have elections and subsequently a probable government change. Fortunately, democracy gives the chance to people to express politically their frustration. 
This will most probably be expressed in the elections to come. The next government, under a fresh mandate, will in theory have a unique opportunity to promote structural change and modernize the country's state. Unfortunately, there is currently an obvious lack of inspired leadership and of common sense. What I wish is that political parties, particularly the two major ones, will eventually agree on things they should both desire to implement by managing to form a united front on certain fundamental issues like the state's modernization, they will negotiate from a better position the country's future. However, the situation is a bit more complex. I'm afraid that the formation of a common front, of a common front will, will prove to be no more than a wishful thinking. It is unknown how the populist fractions of the two big parties will react to the formation of a solid government, which will bring faster prosperity to the country such supposedly radical voices, hesitant to agree on the formation of extended political coalition, are, in my view, extremely conservative. The populist view that a party by itself can drag Greece out of its current stalemate is completely irrational. The view to resort to excessive public spending in order to revive the prosperity of the, of the past is not only surreal, it also ignores the current balance of power in our continent. Another threat for the country's future could come from political opportunism. In order to distribute wealth, you need to create favorable conditions in order to produce it. Unfortunately, there are too many Greek politicians suggesting that sustainable growth can come without radical reforms, but in some magic way. While this view cuts across much of the political spectrum, it can prove to be a prominent danger. What Greece desperately needs is radical transformation of its states, which can in turn bring change to its political culture. If we do not realize the necessity to implement widespread change to the way we think and operate, we are doomed to suffer more than we did in the recent past. Political instability could prove to be an undermining factor for the admirable effort of the vast majority of the Greeks to restore their country. Successive elections in this crucial period could prove detrimental to Greece's future. What I would like to state clearly is that all of us who can ex exercise an influence on Greece's public opinion, we have an obligation to act in, in order to preserve Greece's stability and prosperity. This can only be attained within the Eurozone and the European Union. In the unfortunate event that things will go astray, we should all unite and protect the people's well-being from irresponsible political maneuvering. Greece cannot afford to waste more time and consume itself in endless and irrational political conflict. I'll do whatever I can in my power to avert this. If we manage to pass the dire stage of the immediate future, I am hopeful that our country will enter a phase of creative reform and sustainable growth. Greece has demonstrated in the past, and Greece has demonstrated abroad, that if they work under decent conditions, they can definitely thrive. With this optimistic thought, I'm thanking you again for inviting me to speak at the prominent university. Thank you for your patience. from the floor. Let me kick off uh, the discussion by asking a, I think, London-related uh, 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 question. You have been, I think, sometimes criticized for being perhaps 
too outward looking and uh, uh, in the initiatives trying to, to connect uh, um, to other capitals and cities uh, outside Greece that uh, perhaps you uh, neglecting uh, to some extent local issues and paying attention to local issues and I think this uh, rings a bell also in the case of, uh, of London where we have a very activist uh, uh, mayor who, who does more diplomacy perhaps than uh, addressing local uh, issues so of course there's very good reasons and benefits that, that come from that but uh, can I ask you how do you think you decide on where is the balance and whether really the the out the extrovert focus is a drag on uh, on focusing on local issues. Yes, Saloniki, as I said, is uh, was at least a very very conservative and centered uh, self-centered city. Uh, we thought that the Turks will uh, tear us apart. We thought that the Slavs from above, the Commons danger. This is explicable. Uh, for many, many years, this thing has been poured into our veins that uh, we have a danger from up from the north. We have a danger, a danger from the east. So this made Saloniki only in, in, in words that Saloniki was the, the capital of the Balkans. As you said, there was no uh, no connection at all with the Balkan cities. Nowadays we have two daily flights from Istanbul. We have a daily flight to Belgrade. We have very good relations. Have, we have a, a twinship city with Dures. We opened up uh, 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 to the neighboring countries with Bucharest, with uh, uh, Sofia, with uh, Varna, uh, Cluj in Romania. We are opening up the city so that people will really love the Saloniki. Saloniki was always loved by the neighboring countries because it was the natural getaway to the, to the GNC, to the islands, to the beautiful weather, to everything. So uh, what we did was it didn't cost us anything. We have now about 100,000 Turks uh, visiting the Saloniki, which is unthinkable as a number. Uh, we have... Uh, even uh, Jews, uh, not only from Israel, but from all over. And uh, I believe that by doing the next plan, which is the Holocaust Museum and Educational Center, will be another step towards recognizing the, the importance of the, of the Jewish community of Saloniki. Now, uh, the things that uh, are crucial for the Saloniki, which is traffic, it's uh, the clean city, and uh, schools. Unfortunately, the municipality has nothing to do with it. This is what I'm saying, that the government is so uh, pressing on them. Uh, when we took over, we had, uh, we had uh, 10 municipality cars which were uh, in uh, working. Now that meant that the city was always full of, of, of garbage, and uh, after certain movements, we got 50 remade uh, cars. And after three and a half years, it only, it's only about a month ago that we signed, we signed an agreement after uh, all the procedures needed. So, and there will be uh, um, 100 and, uh, 120, uh, another new 120 cars for the cleaning of the city will be delivered starting February. Now, if you need three and a half years to uh, get all the, the, the procedures in order to get the new cars, 
a, a thing that could be done, I wouldn't say in one year, in two years. We had to pass through all the, the corridors of the ministries to get maybe signatures from three ministries. But you, you can't believe the, 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 this procedure. It's, it's uh, uh, indescribable. But uh, these two things, uh, uh, the state decided that we had 170 city policemen who were for the traffic and for uh, the use of, of common space public space. Now, one morning, the government decided that they will uh, uh, to, They weren't needed. They were, they were not needed. We, the, 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 the municipality police was not, the, the municipality police was not needed. So, after a year, uh, we have a house. Saloniki, uh, on, on, on traffic, uh, the traffic system Saloniki is a, a total house. We have double parked cars, triple parked cars, nobody cares, bus lanes, nobody cares. And the problem is that we cannot have any control on it. So I cannot find a solution. I, I said to the ministers, come and you find a solution. I cannot find a solution. You cannot imply any kind of law unless you have the way to control it. As soon as I don't have the way to control it, period, that's finished, house. So you want to live with it? Okay, we'll live with it. I cannot do anything. So you see, the one thing we did was we tried to open up the city, not only for the visitors to come, but this changed the mentality of the people too. Now, people understood that the Turks who come in Greece, they are well, well off, uh, they want to spend money, uh, they, they are like you and me, they are not different animals. Huh? And this is, this is working. You'll find the Saloniki now, uh, menus in the restaurants in Turkish, in Russian. We never did that. Huh? We used the Saloniki as a center for the visits on, on Mount Athos, which is for the, for the Russians, for the, for the Orthodox Christians, mainly Russians. It's a, it's a, it's a life uh, goal. Huh? A visit to Mount Athos. So this is what we do. Thank you. So we can take questions from from the floor. Any comments you want to make? Uh, Tony Travis. Okay. Uh, uh, wait for the microphone. Uh, and if possible, just uh, introduce quickly your, yourselves. Um, I'm Tony Travers from the LSE, from LSE London. Um, the way you've talked about the city within Greece, I think, would resonate with many city leaders and mayors in many countries, not only in Europe, but in, in North America as well. To the extent that you know, the Brookings Institution, Bruce Katz, uh, and others have written, certainly of America, that federal government has failed, really, and that the city the city and the city region are the best hope of good government that's left. I think a number of people in Britain might also go along with an analysis not dissimilar to that. But and you're saying something similar, I think, that in the sense that unless national politicians can recognise this, which of course involves them handing over power to you to lower tiers, of, well, to, to, to city government and city and other types of sub-national government. But, of course, they are the, exactly the last people to understand that because they have 
in their power elites the very control they've all tried to get for all their lives. So can you see any way of, as it were, convincing national politicians that it's in their own best interest to give you more power and other cities in Greece and indeed, therefore, other cities elsewhere in Europe and North America? I'll tell you, I think there is a directive of the European Union giving authorities to regions and municipalities. Now, if, if the European Union decides that this is the only way to get out of any kind of crisis, then uh, it's not an easy thing. You don't deliver easily power. Huh? The, the central government does not deliver easily power. And uh, the politicians who are involved in the, in the, in the, uh, in the central government, uh, they, 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 they don't want it. They simply don't want it. And don't forget one other thing, that in Greece we have another, another thought that uh, uh, the ministers are elected. They are appointed by the, by the prime minister, but they are elected. It's, it's a total mistake, by my opinion. There should not be uh, people who are, have a political, let's say, ambition. They should be uh, not exactly technocrats, but they should not be in a position where uh, all their deeds are influenced by the, what the voters will say. Yeah. I think that uh, uh, sometimes we have to neglect what the voters say. Uh, next question. My name is Helen Lurie, and I'm professor of economics at the Athens University of Economics, and I'm a visiting professor this term at the LSE. Uh, my question is, in, uh, in, uh, when we talk about strategic decisions of firms, one of the most strategic decision, decisions is uh, the decision to make or to buy something. So uh, to make it yourself, uh, the product or the service, or to outsource it. So my question is, how easy it is to outsource some of these services that you say it's so difficult to produce yourself. I mean, is it easy to outsource the uh, police, uh, well, for the parking police, or the cleaning uh, uh, service? I mean, I don't know how, uh, if this is a question that you can really decide on it, or if there are other factors which uh, do not allow it. There are, uh, first of all, it's, uh, it's not forbidden to outsource things. The thing is that in Greece, the, the the procedure to outsource things uh, are difficult and time-consuming. But uh, the main thing is that uh, uh, when you decide if you do it yourself or you outsource it, there are two things. One is cost and one is, is the result. Uh, I mean, if cleaning the city costs 100 uh, with the municipality services, and if uh, this lasts uh, three days, and if by cleaning the municipality, by, by outsourcing, costs 110, but this can be done in one hour, I'll prefer the outsourcing. You understand what I mean? It's not only a matter of cost when you decide if you outsource it or if you, if you do it yourself. Now, doing it yourself, what does it mean? It means that uh, we have to, we have to, to, hire, to, to hire people, to, to hire new employees, which is for the time being is, is forbidden in Greece. But anyway, 
if you hire new people, you get them involved in, in, this, in this system, which is magnetic, because the system in Greece of the, of the public administration is so old-fashioned that it doesn't have to do anything. I said to the, to, to the employees when I took over the municipality, I said, look, when you walk down the street as a municipal servant, people say, oh, look, this is a lazy guy, a bad guy, or whatever. My ambition is that when the municipality employees walk on the street, everybody will show to them this is a, a, a good example of a good man. This is what is my ambition concerning with the human resources, uh, let's say, environment in the municipality. I have not done it yet, but I'll do it. I'm, I'm, I've got many, many years in front of me. <laughs> Καλησπέρα, Δήμαρχε. My name is George Kalpias. I used to study in Aristotle University of Thessaloniki at LSE afterwards, and now I live in London. I have two questions for you. The first question is about the port of Thessaloniki, which is, I think, it's a big asset. And I used to live in Thessaloniki. I think you should have a plan on that. And my second question is about uh, unemployment, which is a big problem in Thessaloniki. Uh, unfortunately, there are so many young people at LSE with amazing skills, especially in administration. And I would like to ask if you have any plan on how you can attract these people. Thank you. Now, uh, the port. When we took over, uh, we went to Hamburg, and we asked asked for uh, you know all kind of information from Hamburg how they handle they they, they work with the with the with the port. First of all, the the the, the, the port of Hamburg belongs to the municipality of, of of Hamburg, and this happens in, in most most if not all uh, European and world uh, ports. They belong to the city. The port of Saloniki belongs to the state, and uh, the, belongs to the state. And the state has given the authority of the of the of the whole manipulation of the of the of the of the port to a state company. Now, uh, this state company gives uh, two percent of of the turnover to the state, not the city, not to the city. And uh, not only that, the city has only one. Uh, representative that the board of directors of the uh, of this of this company. So whatever decision they take for the port, they don't ask us. They simply say this happens, the same thing happens with the metro. The same thing happens with all the big uh, infrastructure. infrastructure things that are done in Saloniki. They don't ask the, the municipality. So uh, what we state now is that uh, as soon as they decided to sell the, the, the stock of, the, of, this, of, this, of this company, we said that first of all, uh, we want the, the, the ownership of the port. So it's the city which has to deal with anybody who is involved in the port. And uh, I don't think we'll succeed it. I don't think that with the, with the current uh, political, let's say, authorities, and with the current uh, thing that everything is done by the state. I don't think that will, uh, at, at least in my, my generation. Yeah. But uh, I think that uh, 
what we found out is that they sold, they, not exactly sold, they, they, they made an agreement uh, selling things and things. And this Chinese company, the, the, the Costco, for the port of Piraeus. Now, Piraeus uh, had, uh, in 2008, they had uh, less than uh, one million uh, containers per year. Uh, they estimate that in 2016, this will be around four million. Now, in four or five years' time, this is a huge uh, growth. Uh, they estimate that Piraeus is going to be the, the biggest port of the Mediterranean in the coming two, three years. Now, Saloniki is about to be sold. What we said is that we don't want to be sold to the Chinese. We have to uh, exclude the Chinese from the competition. And this is because uh, if Costco comes at, uh, for the bid, they'll probably use the port of Saloniki on, another, uh, on their own things. Huh? What we want is a competitor to Costco. We are much closer to the, to the, to the uh, Balkan states, uh, 500 kilometers, uh, we have a good port. So uh, I think that uh, if the port is sold to a good company, which is not a fund, uh, it should be sold to a company which is, is in business, is in this network of transportation. Uh, things will be good. Now, unemployment, huge problem. I cannot answer it. <laughs> One thing I can say is that uh, everybody says in Greece that, uh, oh, we have a, a brain, uh, a brain, brain, and uh, uh, many, many good people from Greece live and go outside to, to either to earn their life and things. I'll tell you a thing. Both my, my, grandparents, uh, they emigrated from Greece before World War I. Uh, one of them in Paris and the other one in Hamburg. Uh, they kept uh, the, the ties with Greece, even at the times when they didn't have uh, you know, mobile phones. Uh, Greece is an emigrant nation from Always. So I don't really think that uh, Greece has uh, the, the, this, this brain drain or the, the, the immigration uh, in Greece is a bad thing. The bad thing is that Greece is not doing what it should be done so that most of the good people come back. This is the biggest problem. I am not against the immigration. Because uh, we were, two weeks ago, we were in Australia for a visit, uh, 30 years of friendship with, uh, with Melbourne. And uh, there is a huge Greek community in Melbourne, 300,000 Greeks living in Melbourne. And uh, what we found out is that uh, the second generation, they stay there, they want to come back to Greece, but they don't find the necessary, let's say, conditions to come back. So unless, if we decide that uh, we want all these guys and girls going out of this, if we decide that we want them back, we have to create the conditions so that they will come back because they want to come back and because they can live in Greece. Otherwise, 
uh, if if a, a, a researcher in Greece gets paid 1,000 euros per month because this is what the law says, he will never come back with 1,000 euros if you can find 5,000 euros elsewhere. So Greece has got to decide, do we want these people back or not? It's not a matter, because if you leave the country, it's not the, it's not the country's problem, it's your problem. But the country's problem is that you, they want you back. You understand what I mean? But for unemployment, I'm very sorry, I cannot answer it. Can we take a question from here? Hello there. Uh, my name is Kiri Georgie-Cole. I'm just a member of the public, as they say. Uh, works a foreign exchange broker, but um, I've visited Thessaloniki and indeed Greece uh, quite a few times. And um, I wanted to ask to, um, you, um, it's good that on one hand uh, you're embracing the history of different um, people from different backgrounds, Jewish people, uh, anywhere, and sort of encouraging um, mosques, etc., are you doing anything to encourage a reciprocal thing from, say, Istanbul or Sofia in terms of having links with uh, Thessaloniki and encouraging uh, Greeks to be able to go to Turkey and learn about their history? And also, um, I wanted to ask a question about when encouraging, um, or just the way the European Union is with freedom of movement of people, when uh, people are coming to Greece to live, not only to visit, are you encouraging them to learn about Greek history and also learn the Greek language so that at the same time as embracing um, other cultures, we're also maintaining and keeping the Greek um, nation strong and history strong as well? Uh, I'll tell you one thing. We have a very small Chinese community in Saloniki. I'll give you an example of how it is. And uh, these are the, the normal Chinese. They flood all over the world. And uh, their main job is to sell um, goods. Huh? So I said to them, look, all of them, they are gathered in, 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 a, in, a, in a neighborhood. I said to them, look, uh, we are going to uh, beautify the neighborhood. So plant some trees, make it more beautiful. But uh, uh, what we want is to bring in not only shops which sell uh, clothes and other things. We want you to bring your culture here. We want you. We want to have a Chinese restaurant. We have to have. We want to have a Chinese bookstore or whatever, and decorate the neighborhood on your own way. We won't interfere. Uh, I think this gives to you an answer of how we we work with the with the minorities. We have people from Senegal. There are not more than a thousand. They they ask for 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 uh, places where they can uh, wash. They are Muslims, but they are very very peaceful uh, Muslim sector. Uh, we 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 gave them the municipalities in the municipality. We give them uh, places. I mean uh, rooms where they can uh, do their own uh, beliefs. Uh, it's uh, we think it's absolutely natural to do things like that. They cast us for that. The Bishop of Saladiki, he curses us for that. But we don't care. Uh, for the language, 
First of all, we, uh, we have the university where you can learn anything for Greek language. And uh, uh, there are the, the minorities, they have schools, the Romanian, for example, minority, where they teach apart from the Romanian, they, they teach to the Greek, to, to, to the Romanian kids, which are in Greece. They teach them also Greek. It's uh, absolutely, absolutely necessary to have all these foreign communities as soon as they live for one, two, three years in Saloniki, to start learning Greek. At the same time, uh, we organize in Saloniki lessons of Russian. Uh, Russian and uh, what else? English and Turkish. Because uh, we call them the 300 words uh, lessons. The 300 words they say, I don't know, but they say that with 300 words, if you learn, you can uh, contact with somebody else. So you start with that, and out of 100 students, 20 will proceed and uh, learn more Russian. Uh, so this is that. Uh, in Istanbul, things are not so uh, more complicated. Uh, we cannot interfere with this thing very much. It's first of all, it's the the, the patriarch who uh, is a very very prominent personality, and he he arranges for the school of, of uh, well, not exactly he. It's under the the Ministry of Education of Turkey, but he is very influential in what things have been done. There are schools in 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 Turkey which operate and teach uh, the Greek language. Yeah, it's not. Uh, the thing in, on that thing, on that case with Turkey is a little bit more complicated, but uh, the come and go with the Turks is, is uh, easy now. And uh, above all, it's not uh, they have lost this this uh, hostile uh, atmosphere that existed. Huh? Can, uh, can I ask one quick question and then I'll uh, open up again to, uh, to the audience? Uh, 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 you, you mentioned in, in your speech uh, the importance of essentially fiscal decentralization, how the, the city needs uh, to have its own resources, and you mentioned property uh, tax. And of course, property tax was a very hot issue in Greece uh, uh, quite recently. So, does this go with a different conception of how you do the, uh, how you apply property taxes, and would you? If, if it was municipal responsibility, would you have done it differently than, than the central government? No, uh, probably the 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 the, 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 the central organization of, of uh, uh, the central union of the municipalities in Greece uh, is uh, is is from for many many years is uh, demanding that instead of having the cap cap is the the central uh, the, the money given to the municipalities by the central government. The central government gives each year gives a certain amount of money to municipalities, depending on, um, on which comes from from uh, uh, property tax, from uh, petrol tax, and from two other taxes. And it gives a certain percentage from these taxes. Very complicated system. But the decision is the state will decide how much money will give to each. A municipality. We had a cut on 60% of 60% of the budgets of the municipalities since 1911. 60% is a lot of money. Huh? 2011. Uh, 2011. Yeah. 
Uh, 60% is a lot of money. Huh? We barely can pay the, 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 the employees. Now, uh, the Prime Minister last year said, among other things, that uh, uh, he will give the property tax to the municipalities. Now, this is a good thing to say, but how you apply it? We don't have yet the system to collect this, uh, this, this tax. And uh, we have to... We have to understand that when you get the municipal, when you get a tax, whatever kind of tax you have, it's not just collecting money. It's a means of of uh, improvement. For example, if we had municipal taxes and we decided that this region of the city uh, could uh, become a better by by building things or by by reurbanization or things like that. Then they would say that for the next five years you pay no, no, no property taxes. Things like that which are not easy to say before a decision is made. And before the decision is made, we have to agree on that. Okay, you give us the municipality taxes and you cut the other income that we have. This is a. a how is this going to work? Huh? Are you going to give us also the. the, the uh, the, the services, the, the, the tax services that uh, are in the state or not. I'll, I'll give you another example. We have what we call, we call the, the social, um, um, social the social benefits. benefits yeah. Now the social benefits are uh, the, all the money are given by the states through the municipality. So what does the municipality does? It's, it's, it's like a, a, a delivery boy. We don't decide who really uh, uh, has the, 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 the ability to have the, 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 this, this kind of, of uh, benefit. Huh? The state says that, okay, people who are this and this and that, they can get the benefit tax. We know that this is not very fair. Because we, the, the mayor, the mayor, and the municipality services are very much, much, much closer to the to the to the citizen than the uh, non-person government. Uh, thank you. Can we have a question here at the middle? Uh, Mr. Mayor, um, my name is George Musios. I'm from Thessaloniki, too. Um, traditionally, Thessaloniki's economy has depended on uh, small retail operations, shops, and small uh, manufacturing operations, biotechnias. Um, the, the shops, uh, there is a bit of a, a revival in the retail scene in Thessaloniki now, with the rents being rather low. Uh, on the manufacturing, of course, it's, everything is almost dead. Um, where do you see Thessaloniki's economy moving in the next 10 years? And where do you think it is, you know, is it going to be a service-based uh, economy? Is it going to be based on tourists? Is it going to be something else? Is it going to be just retail? Where do you see Thessaloniki being in 2025? Yes, I think that we can forget the the manufacturers. The manufacturing uh, boom of Saloniki died in the early 90s uh, with the fall of the, of, the, of, the, of the Iron Curtain and the opening up of the borders with Bulgaria and Skopje. This died. 
I mean, the, the, the monthly payment is a day's payment in, in, in Greece, was a day's payment in Greece, so this died. And cannot come back again, unless, unless we, we are become more innovative. Unless we, because this is, I think, I, I come from, 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 from business. Huh? I think that Greece cannot, cannot by any means become a co quantitative uh, producing country. We can only become qualitative. That means if we produce the best shirts in the world, and we can do it, then manufacturing will, can be, uh, but the best doesn't mean the best made. It's the icon. It's, it's, it's mainly the marketing thing. So Armani, I know that Armani's shirts were done in Italy, all over Italy, in small families. They do it now in Thailand or in whatever, I don't know. So the thing is that apart from being of very, very good quality, we have to sell this. I say sometimes to my kids that, look, we can make the best wine in the world. If we cannot sell it, we'll drink it ourselves until we're dead drunk. <laughs> So you understand, it's not a matter of just producing a good product. It's a matter of how you present it. Greece had an icon uh, image in the last years of Suvlaki, of, of, of uh, Sirtaki, of uh, this leisure thing. Uh, the Italians, they had, this, uh, they had a, a totally different image. They had the Ferraris, they had a, a good cinema, they had all these things that Give, gave a, a totally different impression to the to the to the world, and uh, because it's, this is my business, if you travel all over the world, where are the Greek big Greek communities, and you see Greek restaurants, if you exclude the less the last five ten years, most of the Greek restaurants are of very very low quality, uh, not only. Uh, the, the quality of the food they offered, but the quality of the of the of the of the image they offered, the service, the, the, all the thing. Now this has changed. Uh, you go to New York, you go to London, you go to uh, other big cities in the world, and you find very 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 high quality Greek restaurants. This will definitely change, and this will definitely help in the changing of the image of Greece. But this is the main thing. Whatever you try to do, it's Greek, it's a second class for the time being. Can we do it first class? I think we can, if we try hard. Take a and uh, that's a totally good question, I'm sorry. The port is, is, is a very, very, uh, because the port is not only the ships coming, it's so many professions around the port that can, uh, can come. And the port will bring also uh, professions have to do with finance. The port is number one. City break, uh, a, city, uh, a city which is the center of many, many, uh, one of the strategic points of our future plan is that uh, we have the, what we call the, the, the satellite cities. That is, you come to Saloniki for a city, for a, for, a, for, a, for a visit, two, three days, weekend. The hotel must offer you, or the, the agent must offer you, how you spend your days. What do you do, throw around all day? Uh, we can offer, we have uh, around us, we have Olympus. 
the Olympus Mountain is the name most known, even more from than Acropolis. And nobody can visit Olympus. Can you imagine that? So Olympus is three quarters of an hour from Saloniki. I mean, you don't, you don't have to go up to the, bar, up to the top, huh? but you can, uh, you know. And then we have Vergina. Vergina is, uh, if somebody goes to Vergina, you, you cannot breathe from the impression you get. You, 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 get. You, 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 you think that uh, Philippos and the other Macedonians will come around and uh, shake your hand. Huh? It's, it's absolutely impressive. And you have, uh, in Nausa, you have the, the School of Aristoteles. They found the School of Aristoteles in Nausa. We can organize summer, uh, summer schools, we can organize whatever. Uh, half an hour from Saloniki, huh? you understand that? So Saloniki can be the center of all these things as soon as we get organized and try to say, no, you said that, it's wrong. You said that, it's wrong. I said the right thing. If we stop saying this and say, okay, we hear whatever anybody has to say, you put it on the table and decide which is the best. Well, Amphipoli is another story. I don't want to get involved with Amphipoli, but I'll tell you one thing. When, uh, when uh, Andronicus found the tomb of, of Philip, this is a huge, a huge finding, huh? The late Karamalis, minister and president of everything. At that time, he was, uh, he was um, prime minister. I know that because Andronicus was my friend and uh, we had lots of talks. He went to the top of Vergina after one year. He had, a, he had a very, very low profile until they were totally convinced on what they were, they were there. And after that, Karamalis gave to Andronicus a lot of money and he excavated all the tombs that were from, uh, from, uh, from the... Uh, area of Saloniki up to Vergina. There were around seven or eight uh, tombs, which are all of them were... So, Vergina is, uh, I think, that the, the publicity they gave to Vergina is a mistake. To Amphipoli. To Amphipoli is a mistake. Because we are expecting too much, and I don't know what we'll find. I can't say anything. Vergina is a well-known place. It's not today. They, they, they have it from years and years. They know that there are, there are, there are some things, but and all this bullshit about uh, uh, Alexander the Great being buried in Vergina uh, in Amphipoli. Uh, I don't believe. Let me take a couple of questions now. The gentleman will fall back. Uh, hello, Mr. Mayor. My name is Adonis Papazakariou. I'm an LSE student. Uh, I listened to you really carefully, and I mentioned that uh, you blamed the central government so many times during your speech that if I wasn't Greek, I would be sure that uh, you were not supported by the so-called memorandum parties. So I wanted to ask you, have you changed your mind about memorandum and Calicratis plan that you so many times blamed in, the, in one way or another? during your speech. Uh, that's my first question. And my second question uh, is about unemployment. Uh, just one more thing. It's about unemployment. Uh, Thessaloniki has been said that to be uh, the capital of unemployment in Europe. And you said, if I heard you um, 
correctly that you think that brain drain is not that a big problem. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, what do you what do you believe about what, for example, the um, region of Attica is doing, the so-called solidarity funds for people that are below of the limit of poverty? And if you're thinking doing something proportional in Thessaloniki, because uh, you said that local authorities do not have the power to give funds for that reason, but we have counterexamples on that. Thank you very much. First of all, about the memorandum. I believe that uh, we should have uh, uh, find the memorandum, uh, not exactly the, 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 the strict memorandum rules, uh, financial rules, but we should have found the, the, the changes and the reforms that the memorandum needs. We should, we should have started applying them when we entered the European Union. Uh, we entered the European Union that we thought at the time that everything was fine, that the uh, European, European Union could give us a lot of money uh, for dumping uh, the, the peaches and the, the apples and the things, and that this could go forever. We never understood that all the European programs were a start, a, a way to start things and then find our own way. So uh, when time came, uh, it's obvious that the uh, memorandum has caused a lot of more, more of, of a pain in Greece than of, of, of a profit. This is uh, obvious. And uh, I don't know how we'll get off this. this. I don't know how. Uh, uh, more than a million, a million unemployed people in Greece, how they come back to a, to a, not prosperity, but uh, get some income. They can live in the next five or 10 years. You cannot hire uh, one million people just like that. One million people, whatever kind of investment will, will come to Greece, cannot be absorbed in one or two or three years. There is no, no, absolutely no way to do that. So I think that we got a huge problem there. Whatever uh, agreements we have with the Troika and the European Union or whatever, the problem will be there, and we have to find a another thing, which I don't know. If I knew that, I would be the best man in the world. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know how we can absorb one million unemployed people in the, in the coming years. Uh, now, what was the other thing you said? Oh, the Calicratis. Now, Calicratis was a new law for the municipalities. Don't forget that we had uh, 10,000 uh, municipalities, then with Capodistrias, uh, we came down to 1,200, I think. And then after 10, 12 years, uh, we came to Calicratis, which is uh, 320 municipalities. Now, it was very hasty, very, very hasty. For example, uh, what common thing uh, does the municipality of Saloniki has, which has no uh, agricultural land at all, with let's say Tricala, which has 120 and 80,000 uh, stremata, which is uh, almost uh, anyway uh, of agricultural land. Uh, uh, you cannot compare these things. We have to to have different levels of, 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 of municipalities. 
So that the, the laws concerning the, 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 the employees of the municipalities should, can, should be the same. You cannot have different things. But uh, how can you expect, expect the municipalities to have 35, let's say, employees, or 50 employees, or 100 employees, to be compared to the municipality of Saloniki, which has 3,500 employees? There's no way. Yeah? And how can you uh, describe the, the cleaning system of Trikala with around 45 villages in an area, of uh, a huge area, with the municipality of Saloniki, which has, it's very, very uh, small and very concentrated. Uh, you have to find, we have to, to, to improve Calicratis. There are many things which are good, but there are many things which need reform. I said to you, unemployment. I cannot answer the unemployment problem. Let's. Uh, we we have we have uh, what you call the, uh, the the social enterprises, uh, which is uh, it can be a good solution, but it cannot cover fully unemployment. Uh, we we have uh, started initiating social enterprises, first for 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 uh, uh, reused uh, clothes or materials or anything to make a, a new market of second hand reused and things. We can use them on other uh, things that the municipality does. But I I I, I propose that. Uh, uh, Social enterprises can be uh, can work the, the, the nurseries. It was not accepted. They 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 they, think they shot me <laughs> because they they said that uh, nurseries is a, is a totally municipal uh, obligation. I says no. The municipal obligation is to have the kids happy. Now the way I do it is different. Yeah, let me take two last questions, one the gentleman at the back, and then the gentleman here. If you're very brief, we'll take a first question. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Mayor Kalispera, um, my name is Yanis Tsamis. I work for a, a local technology startup here in London. I grew up in Saloniki. I studied at the Aristotelian University, and then I came over here, and I haven't gone back since. Um, Two questions. I wanted to ask you. I understand very much, very well the sense of understand very well the sense of helplessness that you feel when you say that you cannot raise local funds uh, to support your policies in the city because this is all controlled centrally by the government. Uh, has your administration been successful in uh, taking advantage directly of European funds, for instance, uh, either directly uh, via proposals that your administration has put into the EU? or as part of uh, uh, structural funds that are channeled from the state to Thessaloniki? That is my first question. And whether you feel that your administration so has the possibility... Can we to the one question because I, I have... My second question is uh, about the... Can we have the mic and, and have another question by somebody else, please? Thanks. Uh, the gentleman here. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Mr. Butaris. This is Kostas Chrysikos from Ethnos Newspaper. Um, when you took the administration of Thessaloniki, you closed the book with very dark pages in terms of corruption. Mm -hmm. 
out of the previous administration, the mayor himself and some senior officials are in jail. Many millions of euros disappeared during their administration, and that gives us a very good idea that there were maybe no safeguards at all in terms of preventing this from happening. And my question has to do with what your administration is doing in terms of putting these safeguards in place, not only for your term, but for the terms to follow. Okay, we'll take the last question with the gentleman just behind. Um, good evening. Uh, my name is Telios. Um, I'm from Thessaloniki as well, but I'm a Londoner for the past 22 years or so. Um, a rhetorical question. I'm not going to bore you with um, the, 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 the same questions on over, over and over again, but um, is it better for Thessaloniki to have a visionary mayor during the good years or during the years of crisis? Well, uh, let me ask, answer that uh, for the European funds. Uh, when uh, we took over, there was no real, uh, uh, let's say, um, absorption. absorption of European funds in the municipality of Saloniki. In 2014, we absorbed 70 million, which is a lot of money. A lot of money. And uh, it's scattered all over. It's not only for for. Uh, infrastructure. It's also for, for example, we have uh, uh, we have almost uh, seven hundred uh, thousand for building a refugees house, for for operating a refugees uh, house, which is uh, you know it's not a lot of money, but it's we got refugees. We got this is another huge problem we have. Anyway, now uh, the, about the, this this uh, this uh, case of of. Uh, I don't know if I answered your question, huh? Did I? Yes. Uh, about this, uh, the loss of money. When we took over, uh, and we said that uh, I was used as, 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 in, my, in my company uh, to, to say in the morning, how much money do you have today, starting in the morning? Because there was only one source that I got the, the, the information. Although there were wholesale, uh, there were retail, there were all kinds of sales. Uh, in the municipality, when I said how much money we have today, they it took us about two days to understand uh, how much money we had from seven different sources, either the cemeteries or uh, penalties from whatever. And there's not one so could give the idea. So the reform we did in the in the in, in the municipality, one of the reforms we did was that we changed the way the system could work. Now, as for as for the uh, all kind of corruption and uh, stealing uh, municipal money and things like that, first of all, we did uh, we we started operating uh, internal audit audit uh, uh, service. And uh, uh, we eventually we have all the kind of all kinds of of, of, uh, of controls, but not uh, controls that are uh, uh, before controls that are sample controls. And uh, the, the thing is, when you have the controls and you you find that a kind of, of uh, irregularity, it's a severe punishment. 
It's not just uh, uh, public money is sacred. You don't touch either you steal a penny or you steal a million, it's the same thing. From, from, from my point of view, you don't touch it. It doesn't belong to you, it belongs to everybody else in the room. So it's sacred. You have to, to, to have, uh, the, the, the employee must be very, very, very thoughtful uh, before deciding to steal money. Because if, if he's caught, he's dead. Do you want to answer the question about... Uh, oh, yeah. Look, they sometimes say that the crisis is, uh, is, a, is a way of... of it gives many chances for re renewing things. It's not always like that. Sometimes crisis kills you, the crisis. Now, what happens in Greece nowadays, I think that the frustration of people after six years of very, very, very bad... How can you... Uh, let's say, uh, activate a 50-year-old uh, who was fired two years ago and he has not found a way what to do every day. And his income has fallen down. Even the money he has kept is finished. What is he going to do at the age of 55, at the age of 60? This is a huge problem. What we see is that we see many people going back to the villages. Perhaps this is a way to find a new life. But this is not a solution, probably for, for little. Uh, one thing I can say is that uh, when you have a vision for doing something, and when you are dedicated to something, uh, crisis or no crisis, you have to do things. And if you do things, then things will definitely be better. If you don't do anything, nothing will happen. I, uh, thank you, Mayor. Before I ask you to join me in thanking uh, the Mayor, we have a little tradition at the LSE to thank our distinguished speakers and uh, for the contribution to our public debate. So may I take the opportunity to present you with the oh. LSE shield, a little gift from, thank you. Uh, I'll give from that, our gift shop. I'll, give that, I'll, give, I'll show that to my son. Yes, the <laughs> Thank you.